0: tragedy in Las Vegas brings new questions about our safety and about the gun control debate. Today, we talk with Indiana Congressman Andre Carson and with former FBI Director John Pistol. Plus, the president facing more criticism over Puerto Rico. And could a famous IU grad be looking to run against President Trump in 2020? It's all ahead this Sunday on In Focus.
1: Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana. THIS IS IN FOCUS WITH DAN SPIELER
0: THE PRESIDENT, VICE PRESIDENT, AND THEIR WIVES STANDING FOR A MOMENT OF SILENCE THIS WEEK AFTER THE DEADLY SHOOTING IN LAS VEGAS. GOOD MORNING, EVERYONE. I'M BOB DONALDSON. IT'S BEEN NEARLY A WEEK SINCE THE SHOOTING ON THE VEGAS STRIP. With that tragedy comes renewed focus on our security and on the gun control debate. Our Dan Spieler has more now from Lucas Oil Stadium where authorities will be working to keep Colts fans safe on a landmark day for the team. Dan?
1: Yeah, Bob, today's security will be top of mind here at Lucas Oil Stadium, not only because of Peyton Manning's jersey retirement, but also because we're expecting to see Vice President Mike Pence here later today as well. And, of course, a lot of stepped-up security because of what happened last weekend in Las Vegas. That deadly shooting bringing more security to Banker's Life Fieldhouse this week for the Garth Brooks concerts downtown. The Fieldhouse put out a statement saying, quote, the tragic incident in Las Vegas caused Banker's Life Fieldhouse to automatically and immediately enhance its already stringent security standards, which include Those seen by the public and many others not in public view will continue working with local and federal law enforcement authorities to monitor any threats. This has also put the gun control issue back in the news, and this week we've been talking to people on both sides of that issue.
2: If 12,000 of them had a gun and started shooting when they did not know the shooter was on the 32nd floor and they just started shooting because they should be able to bring guns into concerts because you can just go out and buy a gun... How many more lives will we have lost? We
3: have to look at the truth, facts, reason, and logic and and think these things through. Yes, they say uh, guns don't kill, people kill, but it is people with guns uh, and certain types of guns, especially, that have the ability to kill in warfare magnitude.
0: There's a lot of gun enthusiasts who like to shoot fast. Um, I mean, there still is a demand out there for people and machine guns. To say that that one firearm is more deadly than another firearm, Uh, 22 kills more people worldwide than any other
2: firearm. It's one of the smallest calibers out there. Everyone wants it to be a free market. But we've got to understand as a legislature that we we, we need to put limits on that.
1: So expect plenty of security if you're headed down here for the game. This afternoon might be a good idea to leave a little bit early. Reporting outside Lucas Oil Stadium, I'm Dan Spieler back to you.
0: Dan, thank you. That gun control issue also brings a lot of debate to the nation's capital. And this week, I spoke with Indiana Congressman Andre Carson.
2: I think we need to talk uh, more honestly about, one, protecting Second Amendment rights. But even further, as, as a police officer, someone who was just at the range a few weeks ago, um, who was a gun carrier, lifetime permit holder, uh, I'm, I'm still concerned about the easy availability, uh, the lack of thorough background checks, the lack of mental health screenings. In fact, um, I think, I don't think it's unreasonable to require every gun holder or someone seeking to own a gun or or, or obtain a permit to go through a course on how to properly handle a firearm and even shoot a firearm. But beyond that, we have to talk about the mental health piece, which is still a topic that's not talked about broadly, as broadly as it should be in our country, uh, because I think that there's a component. And now in this environment where vitriol is high, where all of the isms are even more prevalent, we have to get serious about politicians flaming, uh, the, 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 the adding fuel to the fire in terms of not only this discussion, but in terms of the rage that is out there, the disillusionment that is out there. But the sick act that we saw in Vegas, Uh, My hearts and prayers go out to the families and victims. But this this act was, in fact, an act of terror. We need to start adopting the technologies that can detect uh, huge stockpiles of ammunition coming into a facility like the Mandalay Bay and other entities as we move forward. Another
0: big story this week, President Trump in Puerto Rico touring neighborhoods hardest hit by Hurricane Maria. He met with the victims and political leaders. He praised the first responders for their efforts. The U.S. has deployed 12,000 federal aid workers to the island. The president did draw criticism during his visit for saying Puerto Rico's relatively low death toll didn't compare to a catastrophe like Hurricane Katrina.
3: Uh, Every death is a horror. But if you look at a real catastrophe like Katrina and you look at the tremendous... Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that died. And you look at what happened here with really a storm that was just totally overpowering. Nobody's ever
1: seen anything like this. Now, what is your what is your death count as of this moment? Seventeen?
3: Sixteen certified. Sixteen people certified. Sixteen people versus in the thousands. Uh, you can be very proud of all of your people, all of our people working together. Sixteen versus literally thousands of people. Uh,
1: You can be very proud.
0: You'll hear from our panel in our next segment in regards to those remarks. Meantime, Vice President Mike Pence also making the trip to Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands to assess hurricane damage firsthand. Pence talked with locals and reiterated that the federal government is with them every step of the way as they recover. Up next, we'll talk with our panel about that gun control debate. What's next on this controversial topic after the shooting in Las Vegas? And is IU grad Mark Cuban planning to run for president? We'll talk about that in the latest news in the race for the Senate here in Indiana. Stick around. our panel now, Tim Swearns with the columnist and opinion editor with the Indy Star, Tony Samuel, who's vice uh, chairman of the Indy Trump campaign, Indiana Trump campaign, and we have two former state lawmakers, Democrat Christina Hale. Also, Republican Mike Murphy. Let's go ahead and start with the, uh, the gun debate, Tim. I think a lot of people were surprised when the NRA, also the Trump administration, many Republicans, came out in favor of regulating the so-called bump stock attachments, which the Vegas shooter used to virtually turn his semi-automatic into an automatic weapon. Uh, were you surprised that the NRA actually came out and said that they were in favor of perhaps regulating these attachments?
4: I, I was, because it, they usually don't give any ground. So it's, it's, it's a good move that there, uh, there's some consensus on this one particular issue. Uh, but let's be honest, it's, it's affecting a small number of guns. Uh, it's, we're not talking about the mass of, of gun violence we see. It's, it's a very specific issue that there is a small amount of consensus on.
0: Well, Mike, I mean, I haven't seen any type of consensus on any type of gun legislation uh, for years, the Brady Bill, I think, being the last one. Were you surprised at all that that there was even some movement?
5: Not surprised because I think the bump stocks issue, to, to kind of echo what Tim said, is an easy give for the NRA. The NRA is not ever going to give on the big issues. And if the NRA, the NRA will always have issues, too, because if they don't have issues to argue, they don't raise money. And that's what a lot of these groups do. They raise money on the right and the left, and they fight. They create issues, if they don't have issues. But, I mean,
0: some gun rights supporters had said that they don't even want to crack the door open at all. Is this the kind of thing that represents even a crack,
5: Mike? I don't think it is. I think it's, you know, uh, automatic weapons are already illegal in most cases, not all cases. You You have them with certain permits and things. But this is an attempt to go around the law by physically altering the gun. And I don't think anybody's in favor of uh, disobeying the law.
0: Uh, Christine, I mean, your thoughts. Uh, as as uh, someone, uh, Democrats, I think, were are surprised that there was even any kind of movement from the NRA.
6: I, I was surprised. You know, for purists, I think they do see it as a crack. You know, that and that crack can be broadened. So um, I was pleasantly suppl- surprised. I was glad to see that there is at least some give. They're being smart and for many it's just common sense. It's scary, it's frightening. This is a new day and age. We don't exactly know what to expect, you know, in terms of violence 2.0 in our country.
3: I think
0: Tony many people didn't
3: know what bump stocks That's were I was before saying. Sunday. I mean, That's does Exactly it- right. I'd never heard of it. Most Americans hadn't. It's a Terrible tragedy should never happen again. We have to address the, that issue, and I think uh, President Trump saying that we're going to look at it closely is the right, the right step and the right leadership from him.
0: Does it represent a start in the gun control debate or or gun rights debate, or is it basically just a one-off?
3: Well, there's always the talk about starting, and and and, and that keeps getting put off. We'll see. Um, this might be the, the, what you're alluding to, the, the, the right time to, to Christine, start. Christine, do you have any hope that,
0: that there's going to be any meaningful discussion?
6: I, I think there will be more meaningful discussion, but I think they'll try to delay, delay, delay as long as possible. The sad fact is we are going to have more tragedies, hopefully not at the scale, but you never know. I mean, there are, there's a proliferation of guns by licensed responsible gun owners and by others, and it's a problem in this
5: country that we have to address now.
0: Mike, you bring up a good point that, that this has already had an impact on some state legislation, correct?
5: Well, we have some state legislation being considered this summer that would uh, essentially put into uh, effect constitutional carry, and so which means essentially the right to carry without a permit because you have the constitutional right. Um, some of the legislators this week are already talking about some kind of compromise, having a... A four-year uh, combined uh, hunting license and gun license that would be renewable automatically, unless you had done something wrong in the meantime. And then $100 for the lifetime permit. I have a lifetime permit. I didn't think it was a hassle to get it. I paid my $100, and I have a permit for lifetime. So,
0: But is it just a delay, though? Is this uh, going to be a reaction to Vegas, and after there is a certain period of time that elapses that many of these efforts will, will continue once again?
5: Oh sure. I mean, the, the uh, legislators I know in the state, at least on the Republican side, and some Democrats too, are committed to making constitutional carry um, you know, the law of the land in Indiana. And they—they, uh, they, it's an incremental game. Everybody knows that the state house is a game of incrementalism. You get a little win this year, two years later you come back with another another little win, and so they're going to keep pushing. And sometimes they push. Uh, they push the envelope too far because they know that will get them the A plus rating with the NRA. They know they're never going to win, but they like to push to get the rating.
6: It's been softened just a couple of years ago, so now people can bring their guns on school campuses, elementary school campuses. That's a change, and we'll see where it the, goes from The there.
5: scariest place is the House chambers. When I was in the House for 16 years, I think I counted 18 or 19 of my colleagues who carried guns on the House floor. And I'm not sure how many of them knew how to use them.
3: <laughs> right, right. I guess, the, Tony, you <laughs> well, wanted I just to to wanted add. to add something else to this discussion. Whenever there's a tragedy, we have the discussion and the left pushes hard for the gun control debate. We need to talk uh, just as much about the steps that President Trump is taking to protect Americans on the border from uh, uh, terrorists coming in uh, from other countries. Uh, This was an American. This wasn't a foreign-born terrorist, but it could have easily been one, and I'm sure they're looking at this. Uh, we, We need to have that support coming and the discussion coming from the left. On the whole issue of protecting Americans, and as we
6: protect Americans, we have to engage in the question of mental health support, which we do not have, which is just as grave a threat to our security.
4: Tim, you wanted to jump in. Yeah, so we, we need to have this discussion. This is a good discussion on a very difficult topic, and one that we don't often hear like this. Uh, but we also have to look at legislation that's actually going to change things, rather than just feel good and feel like we've done we've done something, and that's that happens on both sides. So. Bump stock, yes. It's an easy move, but does it really move the needle that much? No, it doesn't. Um, But some of the proposals that Democrats are pushing also wouldn't have stopped this shooting and many of the other mass shootings, and I think we have to acknowledge that.
0: Ultimately, is it reasonable to expect that there's going to be any increase in the gun control debate after an incident like, uh, like Las Vegas? Because there really wasn't after Sandy Hook. There really wasn't after Orlando.
4: Yeah, that's always the danger, right? Uh, and, and absolutely, after, after uh, so many of these, Orlando, uh, Sandy Hook, so many, uh, Newtown, uh, we've, we've, our, our hearts are broken, but we don't really make changes. Um, this is an opportunity, and, and again, uh, the bump stock is a small step forward, but that, that there is a conversation going on is, is important. That's good.
0: Okay. the other big story this week, the president went to Las Vegas on uh, Wednesday, and as we mentioned earlier, he was in Puerto Rico on Tuesday, where he faced that criticism for comparing the death toll in Puerto Rico to the death toll for Hurricane Katrina. He also said, quote, Puerto Rico threw our budget out of whack. All this coming after a war of words uh, with the mayor of San Juan. Uh, Tim, what do you make of of, of some of what was said
4: in Puerto Rico on both sides? Well, some very awkward comments from the president. We're we're accustomed to that these days. And and I think one of the things we've learned is not to overreact when the president says something that comes across as peculiar. Uh, Talking about the budget deficit in Puerto Rico in the wake of that storm is not appropriate. Uh, but in the history of what Donald Trump says, is it that big a deal? Maybe not.
0: Well, Tony, I have to bring you in. I mean, does, uh, does the president need to be more sensitive in, in the tone of some of his comments?
3: I think time and time again, the president has shown that he can handle multiple issues at once. He's, he's always working on a lot of different things on a lot of different levels, including Puerto Rico. So he's addressing the concerns. They had FEMA on the island before the hurricane hit, 14, over 14,000 uh, FEMA employees there now. Um, grocery stores and walmarts and those kinds of things are opening up there 's electricity uh, get, getting back online and, and more than half the, the island has water now. Those things are being done, but it's also looking at the, the total picture. The, the, the island was bankrupt, and you've got to address that.
0: I think there was some criticism about the logistics, about the fact that the materials and, and uh, the relief did get there, but getting it out to the rest of the island, sure. that there was not enough anticipation done to make sure that that happened in a timely sure. fashion. It, it
3: was a devastating uh, hurricane. Can that,
0: is that fair? Can that be anticipated?
3: That's tough. That's tough. I mean, this is, this is a natural disaster on top of the previous two. And, uh, you know, I, I give the, the administration an A for what they're doing, but things can always go smoother in these kind of cases.
4: Having lived through Hurricane Andrew 25 years ago, it is very difficult to anticipate the path of the storm, to have uh, supplies in place beforehand. It's just very, very difficult and, uh, and in that you were talking about such devastation, getting supplies in, in in a timely fashion, again, extremely difficult. It's a hard job. Okay, I want to if give you both about, a chance well, to weigh in. i are talking
5: about two different issues here. The, the the unfortunate comments the president made, it's it's part of his nature. He just It's difficult for him to express empathy. He doesn't know he's doing it. He just, It's just like the mouth opens up and out it comes. And so you have to separate that from the actual response. Now, I understand that the uh, half of the uh, Puerto Rican National Guard, when called out to help, didn't show up. So then you have the active duty guys coming in, The hospital ship from the Navy, you had General Buchanan, who I have tremendous faith in, and he said it's a sticky situation. They're working their way in from the edges of the island inward, and it's going to be a while. That, That happens in these things.
0: Christina, was some of the criticism fair?
5: I
6: think some of it was fair I think Tony's point is well made you can't anticipate everything you know Tim said it as well this is a natural disaster that said a couple of things have to happen first is primary aid to people who need it and reconstruction but secondly we have to bring comfort and confidence to the people that live in Puerto Rico and that's what didn't happen people are terrified they don't know what's gonna happen next week let alone two years from now and that's a frightening economic and personal uh, tragedy that's facing these people
0: we have only a few seconds left but i did want to bring up mark cuban again him talking about the possibility that he may run for president. Again, he mentioned that on his podcast, wasn't ready to commit. I mean, uh, Mark Cuban running for president, uh, that's something that that, uh, I don't think anyone would have expected even just a few years ago.
4: No, but it's perfect for our times. Right, right. right. Mark Cuban versus Donald Trump for president. It's just, it's it's made for reality TV. Uh, It makes you smile, doesn't it, Mike? It it does.
5: I I hope we've learned our lesson about reality TV stars. Let's have somebody with You know, significant education, significant experience in governing and in business. And uh, I think there's plenty of people like that. In both parties, Mark Cuban a, is
4: an IU grad, so he has had a significant yeah, I, education. I
6: thought it was a Buttigieg Zuckerberg ticket. <laughs> right, right. Well,
0: well, okay. Tony. He did make a point of saying that he is an independent. He didn't. He, he has differences with the president, but he really has that independence.
3: He doesn't trust the Democrat Party to, to, after what happened to Bernie and Hillary. I wouldn't. Um, I just want to say something. You know, we always say uh, President Trump as as a reality star. He built a, a, a very successful. Uh, business and is a businessman that's why Americans voted for Donald Trump. Not because, yeah, the reality show later. And that's very important. If Cuban gets in, that's great. I, I, I think he should. I don't think he'll last very long. He'll give us a lot to the talk about. The reality show
6: it. of the campaign had something to do with his election, <laughs> too, I think, to be fair.
0: All right, let's move on. We're going to be talking about the shooting in Las Vegas. We're going to be talking with the former deputy director of the FBI, now a university president right here in Indiana. His thoughts on last Sunday's deadly shooting, what it means for all of our safety when we come back. The FBI is still gathering information at Leeds this weekend after the attack in Las Vegas. The agency's former deputy director telling us one of the biggest threats in the days after an attack like this one, copycat attacks. This week, he sat down with our Matt Smith.
7: As the immediate horror is left etched in the minds of Hoosiers who were there
1: just didn't stop.
7: And even the president today searches for answers.
1: We're dealing with a very, very sick individual.
8: John
7: Pistol today
8: is watching from afar. It's just just appalling, you know, the, the, the senseless loss of life and injury.
7: The former deputy director at the FBI and head of the TSA has seen and investigated a lot of terrible acts. But Sunday's shooting in Vegas, he says,
8: is different. It's almost as if These people, whether they're mentally ill or or not, but uh, many of them are, uh, are trying to keep track and outdo the the last one.
7: Pistol, now president at Anderson University, still consults on major national security issues and says the biggest threat facing the FBI is the potential for a copycat attack.
8: And so that is almost always the first concern of the FBI and other agencies to say, okay, this has happened, what are the other possibilities out there for something similar happening because that was a triggering event?
7: And that could be anywhere in the U.S.? Any, anywhere in the U.S. or even the world. And that includes Indiana, where security is heightened at facilities like Banker's Life Fieldhouse, and the FBI monitors a number of potential lone wolves or homegrown extremists in the Hoosier state, a number of federal officials declined to make public. I don't know uh, the exact number, but it's, there, are, uh, there are a number. Um including here right in indiana yes beyond an immediate second attack the question is motive not pistol says to determine if another mass shooting will happen
8: but when in the final analysis it's virtually impossible to stop somebody from doing some, something like this and that's the scary part of it
7: and that pistol says is the reality from the perspective of the fbi alongside the question how much freedom are americans willing to give up in the name of safety that pistol says he will leave to the public and policymakers in Washington. In Anderson, I'm Matt Smith. Back to you. All right, Matt, thank you. We'll be right back with this week's winners and losers.
0: Just a few seconds for this week's winners and losers. Tony, we'll start with you.
3: The first responders in Las Vegas that, that helped victims mm. in this terrible tragedy and ran into the gunfire
6: agree with tony and also senator joe donnelly bringing it home for veterans in north central indiana
5: only losers congressman tim murphy of pennsylvania gave all public servants good public servants a bad name and joe donnelly judged the least effective democrat senator
0: all right we have just a few seconds left him but i know you had some important points that you wanted to make
4: 320 million americans lost this week with the tragedy in las vegas but there were winners and it included the people in the crowd who stepped forward to save those around them All right. Again, thank you all very much. We appreciate you joining us this week. We'll see you again next Sunday
0: on In Focus.